We are joined here um, with Two Sings, DJ Harb of Kudos, uh, one of the most recognised um, DJ sets um, and wedding organisers um, established and going back around 10 years. DJ Harb, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, guys. I think it's three sings today, isn't it? So, <laughs> How are you doing, Harb? You all right, mate? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. I mean, people look at you and they think you must have the most fun job in the world. Everyone except my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say everybody except your wife, that includes you then? Yeah, I love the job, man. It's it's um, You've got to love it to do it because... I, I see people just see us all like partying and playing your favorite songs on stage, but the work behind it, um, it has a massive effect on your health, on, on your family, everything. So you've really got to enjoy it to be a part of it, man. Briefly, what does it involve? I mean, I, I was looking at your site and it said mm. it's got this whole thing about selecting the right DJ. Yeah. Which to me sounds like a totally alien concept. <laughs> What do you mean? Well, I, 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 how hard can it be, right? You get one guy on there, you get another guy on there. I mean, what's the right DJ? What's the wrong DJ? Johnny, you know there's so many different types of weddings. I remember when I first started up, I used to do like a Jinni marrying a gala or something like that. It'd be something strange where there's different types of music or different types of cultures. So, I mean, yeah, if you're just doing a straight Punjabi wedding, it doesn't really differentiate that too much. Um, but I suppose the purpose of having those different DJs, loads of everyone's got their different strengths. Like I'm a dissy mad guy. So like everyone knows that I'll book hard for a dissy wedding um, or predominantly dissy. And whereas we've got guys who are really good with the English stuff. And I suppose a lot of the London weddings tend to have a lot more English influence. And whereas my market's more West Midlands, even though I'm London based and everyone's like a mad dissy head in Birmingham. And that sort of, sort of seems to be my main sort of market really. There's a question that I've got, that I've never worked out. Hmm. Some of these songs at weddings, my, yeah. my favorite is um, I hate that song, man. <laughs> so, for the, for the benefit of the listeners, yeah. that is um, something of a wake up call stroke piss take out it's... of Sardars. Well, let's try to yeah. translate it right? we continue. So, you know, I mean, for example, um, the first line, um, so they've got like these white clothes on. Yeah, uh, but they're, they're, the land that they have so much pride in, um, they've they've loaned off. Yeah, they've exactly. Got nothing left, right? Yeah. And one of my favourites in that song is "Namé Namé Rogat Namia Bamaria Fima Ute Capsula Na Matamaria." Is that right? Yeah, it's not like that. And then yeah, so what, what, the, what the translation of that is that um, they're hooked on drugs and they've taken leave of their senses. Exactly. That's the state of Sardar today. And I think at one point they say, Mengiamiliani Tanu Sardaria, like, you know, your forefathers paid really high prices for, for your Sardaria. Yeah. You're sort of taking the piss. And um, I mean, the, the one about how they're sort of um, drugged up and intoxicated and have taken leave of their senses. Yeah. The irony is that it's supposed to be a wake up call, and everybody in the dance floor does just that. And they're, they're totally ignorant about what the song says. I oh, know, they're, they're pumping their chests and without, then they say, in you know, which believe in you, and you're it. like, yeah. I, I, the problem is the DJs play this track, and I've, I've pulled this up on Twitter a few times. Oh, and yeah, I've like tweeted about it saying, I, I don't understand why DJs play what's sort of on there by, by Bali Jackpot. Because 
uh, I understand it, right? But everyone plays it for the beat, and everyone on the on the dance floor just hears the first line and 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 loves the beat. But the rest of the track, there's an alien to purely because I just don't think they understand Punjabi well enough. Um, but I, I, for that reason, I've never played that track ever at a party ever. Even if it's requested, I tell the person to go away. You know what? Next time we're at a wedding, we've got to sit together because nobody else seems to understand what's going on. Yeah, and no, it does. It <laughs> drives me crazy in that track. I, I'm the same. I like, this is supposed to be a wake up call. Yeah. And you're all intoxicated and you, you're pumping your chest out. Exactly. And how ignorant can we possibly be as a people? It's the same. It's, it's everywhere. You have clubs. I think purely DJs play it because they think it sounds nice in a mix, whereas, you know, there's more to the story. Like, I'm I'm probably thinking about the uncle sitting there thinking these guys are idiots. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, that's the way it is, man. Well, it also sort of it sort of reflects on DJs. I'd imagine them, a lot of them are ignorant as as to what it means. Yeah, hundred percent. I think when I've tried to educate people, they're actually shocked about the meaning, but they still continue to play it. But they're like, oh, I never knew that. But it, it drops, though. It drops. And I'm like, <laughs> leave it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got other examples, Harv? Of what tracks that? Yeah, totally inappropriate tracks. Uh, people yeah. are just ignorant about it. Viagra gets requested every other wedding. But oh, <laughs> again, gosh. another Bally Jack Powell classic. I love that one. Just, just for the benefit of listeners, that song, Viagra Vakeve, yeah. Just do a quick translation of that for the listeners, so, especially the girls that love it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's coming from the girl that's just been skanked. The guy's getting married to another bird and she's saying to him, oh, at least still meet me after you get married. It's <laughs> And, and, and people dance to this half. Yeah, girls we, dance to this like it's a celebration. People want it as their first dance because they're here is Viagra de That's it. <laughs> oh my god, has that actually been called out as a first dance? Yeah, the amount of people I've had to like correct on there, <laughs> but you you can't have that. You do know what it means. Oh really? I thought it meant this, and it's like it's just people are just totally no idea about what what it means. And I think that goes for nights and the They've got no idea, no idea. On that on that point, bruv, you must have seen some some spectacles over the years, mm. um, and I'm keen. I, I imagine you've seen more than more than the average man, certainly. Uh, what 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 sort of stuff have you seen develop over the years that you that you that similar to those songs that you think are weird for people to request, and you sort of can't believe your ears when you hear the requests? What kind of things have you seen that you just think is this really happening in front of me? Has it has it really developed into this? I think. Um... I think naturally with just how we are in, in our society here in the UK, people have moved on and like the, the elders are no longer prevalent in sort of the respect or in the party. They either can't make it because they're too old um, or people don't want them around the cake table anymore because it takes up too much time and they want to get on with the party and things like that. So Is, is that for real, bro? Yeah, it happens, man. It's just, I always want mom and dad, if we do grandparents take too long, this and that, or... You know, one side's only got one grandparent just to leave them all out of it. And I think that whole respect factor's gone. But more so now, because there's less grandparents about of people my age anyway, like all my grandparents have now passed away. So they're not at events anymore. So people are letting loose. Because you had that fear factor from your grandparents before, you wouldn't drink in front of them, particularly for girls. And I've got nothing against girls drinking. It's just that at weddings or at family events, it was it was 
it was never really the, the the thing to do, right? It's something that you only did with your friends or whatever. You just kept it out of the limelight. So um, that's all changed now. So the culture of parties is very girl dominated, and the drinking has gone across the whole board, and it's it reaches auntie level now as well. So I think does it really? Yeah, I think aunties drinking, um, girls drinking. Like I said, I have no issue with it. This people in my family drink and stuff I drink myself but that whole image of a wedding and trying to act proper has changed now so it's just like everyone just gets mashed up and and gets on with it I think that's been the big well, I, I actually think it's a bit sad half because um when we were growing up as kids right mm. I remember seeing many a guy getting drunk and his wife sort of dragging him home yeah right and that was an image that we grew up and and it, it was I mean the 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 psychology of women was so much higher and the morality was so much higher than guys. Oh, and it was those ladies that kept those families together. Huh? Mm. And, you know, you're a music guy. Um, I think the, um, what is it? Yeah. Um, springs to mind. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the mothers of Punjab were considered godlike. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And in many ways they were, because even when they're, their spouses were lesser people than them. They rose them to, 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 to bigger heights. Yeah, there's, there's no shortage of stories of, um, of Punjabi women who, who married a drunkard, but he became an upstanding Amritari guy later in life because of her influence. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, a lot of examples of that. But I think, yeah, it is yeah. sad to see. But I think you sort of have to accept that these women now, or even some of the auntie now, or that, you know, you could say, the word, I say auntie, like mid-40s, 50s ladies, a lot of them were born here. Like my mum and all her brothers and sisters were all born and bred in the UK. Um, and they, they're not from that culture of, now their parents have passed away. The parents might try to pass on that culture to them, but they're all British born people now and they're conforming to British society and how, how it operates there. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's where the changes occurred really. And there's only a, a really a small amount of people that I get nowadays who say, that that the traditional families tend to be a little bit more up north. It's definitely not a London thing anymore. I don't think. So. Yeah, and and I think it's sad. I think I think the idea of equality once meant that um, women would raise their husbands to their level, mm -hmm. and now the idea of equality is that I'm going to get drunk as well. Now we're equal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just argue who's going to drive home. Yeah, Just no that. one normally. Yeah. Oh, at, at, at the parties and that, which you're, which, which obviously you're um, uh, at, at the DJ scene, a question perhaps which I haven't thought to talk about. What's the energy like at the parties, bro? Energy's insane nowadays. It's just crazy. Obviously, we're not doing our parties now at the moment, but um, that's what's probably kept me going. The, the level of partying has gone crazy, but there's a lot of factors to this. I think music's changed. Um, we're no longer listening to, to more traditional music. The music has gone a bit gangster. There's, there's a few things in this area that sort of concern me as well because parties have gone crazy, but I think the level of drink and drugs involved nowadays is insane, um, which obviously contributes to the atmosphere at that time, the party atmosphere, but the music's changed. The music's got more aggressive. So on the flip side, I've seen a lot more fights sparking out in the last year where I never saw that for the last nine years. I know back in the day, there was a lot of it. Don't get me wrong. People used to, you couldn't have a Punjabi function without a fight at the end of it. it was, 
what a lot of people used to say, but that stopped for a long time. And I've seen that come back. Um, and I think a lot of it's just down to the music and the bravado mixed with the drink and the drugs, really. So I, 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 um, I, I think I, I can sort of, I think anybody that's gone to weddings recently will notice there's, there's, there's definitely, the reason I ask you about your opinion on the energy mm. is I've sort of, I've grown up with a family, my, my family, I've, I've grown up in a family of pub owners, mm. grown up with alcohol around me since I was a young kid. It's something that I've always had around me. Yeah. My dad owns a pub, my, my thai owns a pub and things like that in East London. Mm. Um, but I think you're right. The energy seems to have changed. And I was wondering, the energy seems to have become a lot. I think at weddings, it's, it's almost like a. I think you've hit the nail on the head and use the word aggressive or like aggressive or a dark. It's like a darker energy, isn't it? And I think it's dark, maybe showy, pretentious, definitely. What, what, what do you think has given rise to a change in the energy? I mean, I, I, felt, I felt it intuitively, but I wanted your opinion. You've sort of affirmed mine. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to pinpoint, really. I think the family aspect's gone, I think. So the, um, before when it was more family orientated, it was different. Um, like I always say like DJ H is a, that I learned of, is a very family oriented DJ. He wasn't there to like make remixes to make people pumped up. He did it for the family. I think that family aspect's gone. It's all about now, even with, within families, I don't see many people being close anymore. Obviously, back in the day, we used to share houses, live together, be in and out. Now it's gone very formal. You have to call before you go and see someone. And that sort of formality has occurred between families and then competition within families. So we get two of the same families may book us within a year of each other, but they want to be better than the other one or they want to be different and this and that. And I think the showmanship of it all is now what it's about as opposed to the actual feeling and happiness of getting married. Some people are happy for them. Other people are not. It's just a show. It's a competition. That's really sad. Huh? Massively sad. Massively sad. Um, because for me, the family weddings are the ones that kick the most and are the most fun. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's this whole change of society and it, it's really impacted the wedding scene, I think. It's interesting you say that. I was at a wedding um, not so long ago. I think it was one of those on the Bath Road, the Hilton, I think it may have been. Okay. And the security guard was a um, Pakistani Muslim brother. Hmm. And he pulled me up. And he goes, you seem like a sensible guy. He goes, I don't get what you guys are doing. And I said, well, I said, what do you mean? He said, every time there's a wedding here, Punjabi wedding, people will get pissed. You'll spend north of 30 grand. And the police, there'll be a fight and the police will turn up. Mm. What's the point? And I thought it was exaggerating. By the end of the wedding, there was a fight and the police were <laughs> <laughs> And he looked at me and I was like, all right, what, what do you say? And he's like, what are you doing? He, he was genuinely, he's like, look, I've grown up around... Punjabis and sex in, in Pakistan. Yeah. Because I get those people. I don't get you guys in the UK. Because what are you doing? Yeah, no, I think you're inclined to agree with him. And I, even last year, I almost considered getting security to come to my gigs because people are losing control. And um, and I, I think a lot of people just got a chip on their shoulder now, particularly guys, after a bit really? of drink or alcohol, they feel that they own or demand what they want or how they want it. So. I remember one more song, eh? One more song. <laughs> the old one. Do, you still, do you still get that, bro? A bunch of a bunch of guys coming on the dance floor with their shirts untucked. One more song, just one more, just one more, waving fifty pound notes. Yeah, and really, generally, it's not down. I I don't mind carrying on, to be honest. It's the venues that shut everything off. So it's like you don't even have no control over 
um, when the party finishes most of the time because the venues are pretty strict. That's the end. Get out, basically. Uh, oh. So we've got an ongoing relationship with the venues that we can't spoil that. So we have to cut it off. Um, mm. It wouldn't make business sense not to. Um, some people get it. Some people don't. Most people that do the one more song thing are quite jovial anyway. It's just you get the odd idiot at every party who's going to try and enforce their heroism on, on on the party and and they're just intoxicated so it's just the way it is you, you, you mentioned earlier on a change in the music rob how how's the you, you i think you use the word no i use the word gangster music hmm. um do you, do you think that the music has influenced you, you use the word pretentious atmosphere for the for the for the, for the venues but for how weddings have changed and you use the word gangster to chase how the music's become more aggressive yeah do you think the music has changed the weddings or do you think weddings and party culture has changed the music? Um, I don't think weddings have changed, like, the gang, making things gangster. Um, I think definitely weddings have changed music in terms of the amount of Punjabi music that's played at parties um, in relation to, like, English music coming in. Um, but from the sort of the gangster Punjabi side, like, don't get me wrong, I love some of the music, but I don't take it to heart, like, as in... I don't think I'm going to go and shoot someone or I'm a bad man because I'm listening to Sidhu or Gadan or whoever. I just enjoy the music just like I enjoy hip-hop or rap. I see it as a genre of Bhangra music uh, or Punjabi music, should I say. Um, so, but the problem is I'm quite sane. So I understand the difference between a song and reality. Some people don't. So they feel like they're reenacting the track once they've had a few drinks. So... <laughs> Well, the, the point of, of, of popular music is to influence people. So it's yeah. not surprising that it does that. Yeah, I know, but I just, I get that. And, it, and I've had this argument with a few people and I'm just, maybe I'm just looking at it like too much from my own point of view, but I just, I can just switch the difference between, I can understand influencing young people, but if you're a grown adult, um, you shouldn't really be influenced by, like if I play Call of Duty, it doesn't mean I want to go and shoot people up. Well, it's interesting you just say that because a lot of the guys that have been involved in these school shootouts have said yeah, that they were massively influenced by Call of Duty. Yeah, I know, but that's I'm talking about like majority yeah, no, of the same people, that's right? So like, yeah. I don't know. I I enjoy the music. I enjoy the words from from these artists. Um, I don't. I'm not one of the guys that sits there saying, "Oh my God, what's happening to our culture, our music?" Because there, it's just a genre. You don't have to listen to that genre. There's, maybe there's not a lot of the uh, normal Punjab music out, but it's still there. You can still find it. You can still listen to it. Yeah. I hear, I hear, I hear what you're saying, bro. Yeah. Everybody's had had those moments in life where we've seen something, or you you may have had had uh, been spoken to, and a lesson would have been come come to mind. Certainly in my life, there's a few occasions where I, I certainly learned something that would really shape me. Can you think of an example of something that you saw that you thought that wow, that really means something to me. That's changed my life, or I've learned something now. I couldn't believe what I've just heard or seen. I think the main thing is probably the case of Jaswan Singh Kalara. Um, so they're, they're related to us, um, the Kalara family. Basically, Jaswan Singh Kalara was a human rights activist um, in the 90s. Um, he was actually just a normal bank manager originally. Um, but at that time, there was a lot of um, fake encounters going on. There was, the police was led by a guy called KPS Gill, which a lot of people would have heard of, or KP Gill, as I call him. Um, and a whole generation of youth was wiped out on the basis of fake encounters. So police making up false accusations about the guys, showing them running away, shooting them. There's been a few films that have shown it as well and, and whatnot. But 
it was a big thing. And, and basically, just once in Qatar, uncovered the death of those thousands um, and uncovered a report and made a quite historical speech now, which can be found on YouTube and, and places like Insaf organization and stuff like that, um, where he talks about the uncovering of these deaths. And what happened shortly after that was that, you see, this is damaging to the government and the Punjab police. And he himself was threatened many times. He even mentioned, look, I don't think this I'll be able to make it through this situation. The threats are coming in, etc. But he carried on with his mission to obviously all the mums that have lost their children to sort of give them the answers to what happened to their children um, and that lost youth. Um, unfortunately, KPSB abducted him and killed him and um, put him in one of the rivers in Punjab. So, and he was so he's killed for his findings. And that for me really resonated because it was a proof. It wasn't just hearsay or chit chat or this and that's happening in Punjab. You should be careful. This was facts. He found the facts and he was killed for it. So that really hit home. That sort that brings me on to to something else I'd be interesting to get your views on. Sure. And um that is the old chestnut about interfaith marriages. Um <laughs> I I for those that, that that aren't aware or maybe are outside the UK, um there's been lots of protests outside interfaith marriages because the Akalta has has um, condemned them. Yes, yeah, prohibited. So there's been lots of protests mm. from from sects that are offended that people are trying to do this, mm. and it strikes me that you're on the other side of this because stopping those weddings affects your income. So I'd be interested to hear whether what your position is. Is it about income, or do you take a moral stance on this? It's a bit of both, you see, because remember we are on the business side, but we're also on the reception side. So we we're not dealing with their religious ceremony or how they're getting married. We're predominantly just dealing with the fact that they're coming and how, you know, how they want to, how, what sort of DJ setup they want and what music they want. So we don't get to see what happens beforehand. I generally have a good idea what happens beforehand. Um, but like my position on interfaith marriage is what really what the Reyad Mariada specifies really, unless you're both Sikh, uh, you don't have an undercard and, um, and, and that's not saying you don't get married or be happy in, in an interfaith marriage. That's personal choice. Love is love. There's no barriers or they shouldn't be in love. But people just don't understand that it, it's just, it just means you don't have an anandakala. It doesn't mean you don't get married. Um, it's just purely down to where you're having the marriage. So I think before it gets to me, I think the Godwari have a bigger responsibility to stop their greediness. Yeah, to, to allow those marriages to take place in Godware, I, I can't have an opinion when they come to me and say, uh, we want to book you for our wedding. No, I think That's it's fine. Fair. Because, you know, not coming to book me for, for their undergrad, just coming to book me for their reception and there's nothing wrong with interfaith reception, right? So... Um, Harv, do you not think that you've got some, given your viewpoint on this and that mm. you, you respect the Akalta, do you not think that you've got some moral obligation here as well to say, you know what, I'm not doing that wedding? Um, to be honest, I don't do interfaith weddings. Very, very rarely that I do it. And I'll give you an example of a good one that I've done as well. Um, it's not my market. But I've had this conversation with a lot of other guys, but they're just not inclined with Sikhi enough to appreciate the meaning behind what's going on. Um, if, the, if it comes to sort of 
my attention that they're, they're getting married at God Dyer and it's being done, um, you know, uh, on the sly, then I wish I could say something. But most of the time, I have to have my business hat on and I have to keep my head out of that situation. Um, I, I feel like I, I should have said something a lot of the times. I haven't. Um, but I think maybe that's where I'm getting my uh, beliefs and my, my uh, business uh, mixed, I suppose. Um, but like I said, there's been a good situation. Like there's a guy, he still follows me on Twitter. Brilliant, I won't name him. But um, so he, he married, he's a border, he married uh, an Alpani. He's an English person. He's an English person. English person, yeah. So he, he, he married a, uh, an Alpani, a sick girl. Um, but what they did, they, they showed a video before the bride and groom walked in. And obviously I wasn't privileged to a lot of this information beforehand. So I watched the video as well. And what they had done, they had spoken about his path to Sikhi. So obviously he's met this girl at wherever, work, uni, etc. But he decided to understand what, uh, what Sikhi was uh, and learn it. Um, so he went to his goddaughter. I can remember his local goddaughter, um, Seva. Um, became very good friends with the, with the Granti there learned Gurbani and our history and took Sikhi to his heart like it was unbelievable mate he called himself Tom Singh not just so I named that but he's um it wasn't for the purposes of getting married he took a long time before that and you read his bio now on, on um on Twitter and it says father to two cause um and he's very into his Sikhi and I thought I've never seen that and they made a show of it as well about how how he took it and how he now understands himself to be a Sikh. Well, the, the, the Akaltak Mariadda um, on this acknowledges that if someone accepts the name Singh and mm. accepts Sikhi, then the doors are open. Yeah. And I think that the real question is when that isn't happening. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and when, when that's not happening, I, mean, I spoke to some guys that, that will actually go down to a wedding and protest. And... Hmm. And they'll leave like their kids behind and their family behind and they'll risk getting imprisoned and all sorts of things. Yeah, no, I've and, seen it. And if, if, if they can go to those lengths, surely DJs like you that are conscious have got some responsibility. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. Um, I think the guys, I've got a huge amount of respect. I know a lot of the guys that go there and do that stuff. I, I, I know them personally. Um, but... It's, it's a strange situation. I suppose it's just having really the balls to do it um, and, and come up or confront it. Um, at the same side, you're trying to like earn a living as well, right? So it's... Um, it, Look, it, we're, we're property developers by trade. Mm. There's all sorts of immoral things that we could do. Yeah. We choose not to. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, I actually think that, that DJs like yourself that are conscious should take an open stance on this and say we're not going to do it. Should we put a campaign? <laughs> yeah, start a campaign. I, <laughs> I, I do agree with you, bro. I like, um, in, in effect, I think I wish I could do more or I wish I had done more. But at the same time, we just like anything else, I don't own Kudos. And Kudos, if Kudos as a company takes the stance, then I can fall in line with that stance. If I go against that stance, I'm sort of almost risking my livelihood at the same time. And I believe in standing up against wrongs, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and I understand that. And I've, I've had this conversation with, with owners and stuff in the past, but I think the problem we have now is that 
the, 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 the stance we have to take is that we're not involved with the religious side, we're involved with the party side, and that's how we have to keep it. And what goes on before then is someone else's responsibility, which they're to buy. We can't then sit there saying, okay, as part of your questionnaire for your wedding, are you having Antikaraj, and which Qadhara is there, and how do we stop it? Do you know what I mean? No, do you know what? You say we have to. I don't think you do. I think you can choose to do whatever you want, and you can choose to take a moral stance. I, I, I agree. You, you, we should be taking a moral stance. I can be wrong. Um, but it's, it's a very fine line between um, where we are as a business and the way it's going at the moment, where we, the, the percentage of interfaith weddings has hugely increased. Um, I'm just fortunate enough that because of my dissy nature, I tend to just get the full Punjabi weddings more than anything else. So I don't come across it enough for me I, to have to worry I, about it. I think that you could be the one to start a trend, bro. There's a, there's a really famous poet called Rumi. Have you had a Rumi, bro? No, I haven't, bro. Rumi, beautiful. Check, check them out. They're amazing, right? Hmm. And they say something really beautiful. They say that when one person's um, candlelight lights another, that it loses none of its original light. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you don't, you don't give when you when you basically take a stance and you bring something right into the world, you don't lose anything yourself. We we, we live in fear that we'll lose our livelihood or we'll lose this or we'll lose that. Yeah. I actually think you'd become the most popular DJ, and you you could start a whole trend for sort of like a, going going back and just sort of doing it old school all over again, Rob. Yeah, well, I don't see one. I mean, look, I think um, there's still a lot of discussion to have about it, but there's still I'm a firm believer in the rewind here of like. I can stand for it. I can talk about it on Twitter all day long, which I do. I back all these conversations about uh, interfaith marriages at Nandakaraj, and I'm, I'm pretty vocal on it. Um, but there's other guys out there that I, I need to be taking the step before us to save us even having that conversation. You've talked a fair bit about the sort of um, the showy side of weddings and how there's mm. a fair bit of hypocrisy that goes on. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend who's a, um, a chauffeur, actually. Okay. And he was at a wedding, and uh, it was one of these really lavish dudes. And the couple danced together and looked up; they were really loved up, and they'd spent tens of thousands. Mm. And he's driving them home, and and the um, the bride says to him, um, um, "I don't really like him. I like you though. Can I have your number?" No, yeah. no. <laughs> no, I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> where do you get these? Guys? Where do you live from? People confide in me. Honestly, how do you meet these people? <laughs> but the, the point I'm making. Oh, my guy, he, he's shocked. He's not. Yeah, I know. I was just like, what? <laughs> no, he's not. He's not shocked. The, the, the point is that you must have lots of these stories, and I think there's a value in them because people look at these things and think this is some sort of dream wedding. And a lot of the time, it's just farcical because the people that are really in love often don't need these grand displays. No, they don't. And I think they're the, they're the best parties as well, the people that don't need to show anything because their friend circle appreciated them for who they are, uh, mm. real, and that realness shows throughout the whole event. Um, the showy events in London, I tend to stay away from. Like most people, most of you say, oh, I love, I love DJing at Grosvenor House Hotel. I despise it because it's, it's just everything that I don't enjoy about a wedding. Um, but yeah, it's, it's there, it's prevalent. It's, it's, I've seen the mo- probably our most expensive weddings end in divorce anyway. And that's probably, the, I, I wish someone did a study on it because I'm pretty certain there's a positive correlation between the amount you spend and the amount of divorce time. So 
that's really interesting. That, yes, that is really interesting. And I think people will be interested to hear that. What, what I'd be keen to hear, now that I've shocked you with a, with a wedding story, mm. um, I'd appreciate if you reciprocate. Oh, okay. I, I'm happy to share a really good story. I won't name any names. When I say good, I don't take any sort of excitement out of it, but it's one that really shocked me. And I was quite upset for the guy that the, the groom that got married is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I didn't actually have much um, chat with, with his wife, um, but the story as it goes, and apologies to anyone that's told me the story or, or related to the family, I'm not going to name any names, but I'm still shocked by the stories that, so they've had a lovely wedding in London, um, in West London. They, the bride and groom have then gone away on honeymoon. Okay. During the honeymoon, um, the grooms found a pregnancy test kit in the um, in in the hotel room. So he's like, "Hang on a minute, this is a bit early." So I mean, so he started a honeymoon <laughs> yeah. already. Well, maybe she's just optimistic. Yeah, well, exactly. But the test was positive. Um, so they celebrate, right? They're happy. They're happy until she tells him that it's not his child. So. Oh. To spend the rest of the honeymoon together, the full honeymoon, um, with him knowing she's pregnant with someone else's kid, come back to um, Heathrow, and she's got her luggage, he's got her, she's like, look, I'm just going to the, um, the bathroom, uh, to the washroom, back in a minute. Which are, he's, I think he stood outside the, the bathroom for about, I don't know, 45 minutes, I think, and he sent someone in and said, listen, my wife's in there, can you just check she's all right? It's been a while. Woman's gone in, come back out. Sorry, mate, there's no one in there. She's done a runner. So she, no. She disappeared. And then she's messaging later saying, look, can't be with you anymore. Um, I'm going to be with this guy. Um, and, and that's the end of the matter. And so she's done the whole wedding, had a holiday, done this, now, unfortunately, poor sod, um, she lives about three doors away from on the same road with the guy who is, um, who is Muslim um, and has a baby with him. And he has to see that every day of his life. So that's a story for you. Eh? Oh, oh, you, you, you broke my heart there, bro. You shocked me, bro. You really uh, to be fair, that ain't down to the music at the wedding, is it? No, no, no. no <laughs> <not>. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was... I was Generally, I think because the guy was very polarmans, he was educated, proper saying, he was a nice guy, and he probably wasn't the most confident guy in the world, but he was a lovely guy, if you know what I mean? Um, and I felt he's, he's probably mentally destroyed him, and I don't know the guy, um, but I know some of his family, and, and, and just, to this day, like, I, I took some, we took some really good photos of our setup that day for the wedding, and I've I refuse to share those photos with respective customers just because I, when I see his face, I'm like, this poor guy, man, he's been totally screwed over. Never mind the cost and everything. That's just like, you know, there's a monetary value, but then there's just the, everything else that came with it. It's just unbelievable. Shocking. That, that is proper shocking, bro. I'll tell you a funny one. One of our DJs, DJ Banny, he was, uh, he was, he was at an event and um, he... <laughs> He pressed the wrong deck um, to on play on the first dance, so they're expecting like whichever love song to come on. And the first thing you hear is "What do you do, Lorde?" Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that was his. Um, 
that was the first dance ruined really and you know what bride and grooms never mess with a first dance man that they they come back looking for refunds straight away so did they really no no i'm just saying most of the time they do i don't know if they did in that situation but it's just one of those moments where they hold so much value to and so much planning to that it's just like anything that ruins that moment is, is a no-go i think i think you made the moment to be honest with you yeah, I, I I love that story. When you told me, I was crying for ages. I just couldn't stop laughing. It's brilliant. That, that's Goldie Marnock, right? Yeah, exactly. I would love it if that was my first dance. But <laughs> the, the guy's a the guy's a legend. I think you're yeah. a throwback from a different age, bruv. Your appreciation and your conscientious view on things is something that I, I suspect that your uh, brides and grooms don't sort of uh, align themselves with. Oh, not at all, man. Not at all. Like that's right, what right, I mean. Right. And, we, and you're obviously a um a Punjabi music geek as well, which I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gadeep yeah, Manak hmm. was actually a Muslim convert, right? He was, yeah. Muhammad Latif. That's right, yeah, he was, yeah. Um, you think he was, like, fostered or something in Punjab with, with Sikh parents, uh, as their foster parents. Um, and, but he's, um, he definitely wasn't Muslim by, by lifestyle, I'll tell you that. I don't know. <laughs> is that is that he converted? Was he was he adopted? I, I didn't know that part. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that he was adopted by Sikh parents. That don't count me on it because I might be wrong. But um, along the lines, he's just he was I think just outright, regardless of religion or whatever, he was just a crazy Punjabi guy. So um, had the benefit of meeting him a couple of times, and he's he's a proper character. So. I think you sort of touched on it. I think it gets said at a lot of weddings that I go. I'm from a family where they have these big, lavish weddings that I'm mm. well able to. Um, do you think it's all gone too far? I think the bubble's burst now. I think it got to a stage when it went really far. Um, I personally think 2018, that bubble burst, uh, there wasn't no more people could do to make their wedding bigger or better. Was, they've just reached a limit. Um, so I think now numbers are going down. So people are still spending the same amount of money, just more per head, I suppose, the best way to look at it. Um, but What are they spending, Harv? Well, how, much does it, how much does it cost a family these days? I, I, look, the people come to us, and bear in mind, we, we started as just, you know, you pay two grand, you get a really nice setup uh, with kudos, um, and that was it. Now, minimum, I'd say the sort of minimum package price is around about four and a half grand nowadays people spend just on the DJ package. Um, so what does it go up to? Huge anything, man. We've had people spend 150, 200 grand with us because on a DJ. Yeah, because we do all the production and the screen, the lighting. Um, we do a lot of material work as well. So we do the dance floors, like bespoke dance. Like put it this way, people spend two thousand pounds on a dance floor nowadays. So, so, so how do you spend money in a dance floor? It's a bit of floor, right? Exactly. But with these, I don't know if you've been to weddings and seen like gold mirror floors, silver mirror floors, white gloss floors with the logos and stuff on it. Uh, I, I, I must <laughs> say I have not. Oh, no. no, it's a big thing now. So like, if, if I have, I haven't noticed them. I really, well, there you go. That, that, that would tell a few people. But it's, it's more of that first image shot that you get of the people's weddings. You'll see this crisp dance floor. It won't look crisp after an hour of dancing, but... It's um, they'd like disposable dance floors as such, but um, they're made to sort of complement the decor and the whole setup. So, like I said, they'll come in gold mirror or or, or a white gloss look, um, like a seamless finish. It's it's more of a decor factor, but we we make these dance floors in house and stuff. So, like, like I said, people spending two grand on dance floor really puts in perspective. Man, people spending on the weddings nowadays. I, um, I'd, I'd say definitely 
with within it's not unheard of for at least 12 15 grand to be spent with us on on average for an, for a wedding what does 12 grand get you 12 grand will get you lighting across the whole room um a big led screen um see so the dj stage as well um the dance floor um some entertainment door players and stuff like that as well um that's just sort of 12 grand there done doesn't doesn't go very far does it 12 grand anymore it doesn't man it doesn't but things like lighting and stuff really if i put my business hat on here and, and I, to be honest i do believe in it a lot lighting if you if you're going for a wedding and the type of weddings that are done nowadays lighting sort of key to everything um and that's where your majority of your costs will go is rigging lighting into the ceiling and, and if you're professional about it and you use the right people uh, like we do then um you have to pay people the going market rate it's not just some dissies on ladders trying to hang a light anymore <laughs> my brother here got married a few years ago hmm. and the best thing that lighting guys could have done at his wedding was turn the damn things off he looked terrible <laughs> <laughs> Why you always gotta go? That's a cheap solution. Why, why you always gotta go personal? Though? I'm just saying that. You always gotta have a go at me. The darker that room was, the better you would have looked. Seriously, bro. You, <laughs> it's people like you don't be feel insecure about that's myself. Right? Insecure. No, I, well, I should do. <laughs> I, there is never an opportunity that you don't take to let up. Just let up on me, man. <laughs> anyway, this new generation has been sold a new definition of our culture. So, like, like songs like like the one you just spoke about, Gurdas Man, Up and Up and Jab, and like. Other, other Punjabi music that has become sort of synonymous to parties like Bini Ashraab, Bini Ashraab, BPP, Bini Ashraab, Daurupi Ke Melevichi Jata Nachada, Panada Dagan Ke Galas Rakada. This is just sort of like an indication of us being sold a narrative that we should take as our own. Do, do you know what I mean, Bob? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think a lot of it again goes back to my original point about the Indian system, which is. Uh, created this culture within us on purpose to to make us less um, sick and 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 to make us more what nowadays is regarded as Punjabi, which really back in the day, being Punjabi was more about um, your strength and your honour and and looking after your family. Uh, but they've yes, turned it into, now they've turned it into how much you can drink, right? Um, so. Look, I, I drink as well, don't get me wrong. I, I do I do like a drink and, and I'm part of that culture. Maybe I'm guilty of it. But it's, it goes really back towards how Punjab has been fueled and pumped with drugs and drink and 24-hour ticket, um, which has left us in this position, which put us in this position, I suppose. Do you know what I think it is, bro? But I am by no means an expert um, on um, on uh, Punjabi music, on uh, Bhangra mm. music, but... Um, I think with psychology, it's such that when you're when you're in a negative state or you're doing something negative, mm. and you can point to commercial validation that this is what the masses are saying. Yeah. When when you can see that and you can point that and you know that you're you're in a negative place, you know that what you're doing is wrong. I think mm. it just helps you live in acceptance of that if you've got a group of people all moving to the same rhythm. Excuse the pun. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's really refreshing speaking to you, bruv, and I, and I, and I sincerely mean this, I think mm. you, you, there is a certain integrity with, which, with the way in which you speak where you're not closed to the suggestion that you're participating in something. You're, you're open to yourself. Look, this ain't right. And a lot of people don't do that. They, they just have this whitewash blinkers that they will refuse to see that they're participating in something that may be contributing. And like, I think that's really, I actually genuinely think that's really refreshing, bruv, that, that, that people can sort of say, look, maybe I'm part of this, maybe I'm not, maybe I've got a... Yeah. And I think that that sort of quality 
is is a, is is a, is is what I would call a virtue, bro. Thank you. Uh, I think you struggle with it. In the industry I'm in, um, you really do struggle with what your beliefs are and what's going on around you. It is tough, man, because, you know, people say to you, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't do this. Why are you writing that? Um, and I'm like, well, look, I'm, I'm not really, a, I'm a nonconformist. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about what's right. It's because something my dad instilled in me from a young age and as militant as he was, you know, he had a belief about the truth and, you know, if you had to beat the truth out of someone, you would do it. But it was, it was about standing by what's right. And like my dad, even from a family point of view, might not get on with half the family because he would say what's right and what's wrong from the beginning. And if someone didn't like it, then so be it. And it was generally in line with Sikhi, right? So um, I, I have that instilled in me from a young age, along with all the uh, the, the stuff that comes with modern age Punjabism I suppose fair, fair play to you bro I, I, I didn't as is always the case which is why I'm so passionate about mm. um, about this platform that we've, that we've had a chance to, we've, we're so fortunate to have as mm. is always the case I didn't know where this conversation was going to go and I thought we, was, I thought we were going to have a bit of a laugh but, um, <laughs> and we have and I've really enjoyed some yeah. of the stories but I, I, will, I will say bro that and I could be completely off here but my, my intuition tells me that I think a part of you is hurting for what you're doing, Bob, and, and I think a part of you struggles with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, 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 I'm not kind of the guy that dwells too much on things. Like, I accept the situation ahead of me and stuff, but um, or what I'm in. I, I know what I'm in, um, and I'm not shy of it, of what's going on. Um, and I choose to speak up as much as I can. Uh, I just think I wish I had a bit more power and backing to make a few more changes, but... It's. Um, I'm sure it will happen in good time if, if if we can band a few people together. I'm confident that if it does happen, that you will have something to do with it. Yeah, definitely, man. Hopefully, I've always wanted to be uh, able to push something, some some sort of movement, be it on Twitter or or uh, in real life, as I call it. <laughs> have you have you heard of a guy called um, uh, who's 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 left this world now? A guy called Jagraj Singh, bro. Yeah, like amazing guy, absolutely amazing guy. I think. His videos I have to show to my children, as well, my eldest, he's five years old, just to give him a good understanding of, of uh, what... I, I'm a true believer that Jagrar Singh was the 21st and 22nd century, what a Sikh should be and how it should be managed. But unfortunately, he's been taken away from us, right? He, he, I, well, I, I have a slightly different view. I, I, think he's, I think he's still here with us and he's good work, yeah. his representation. I, I feel that what he's done in this world will, will mean that his presence will, ever, will forever remain. A little bit like just one yeah. color up. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I, I think from that point of view, I totally agree. Like his name and, and, and life will, and words and everything he's done will live on forever. It, I think it's instilled and inspired so much of our generation um, that yeah. it's unbelievable. But I just, I, I wish there was more of him because, unfortunately, we get people like, uh, forgive me for mentioning, but people like City Seeks trying to represent us in the UK and and that's what's really saddening because we had a guy like that who who actually was real just for the benefit of listeners what's your gripe with city seeks and I think it, I think there's a bunch of guys that are using the term sick for personal gain um none of them are really actually sick their their events are sponsored by alcohol um they're trying to get obes mbes lordships you name it 
uh, and most probably sponsored by the RSS. <laughs> That's my sort of main thoughts on it. Um, and the, some of the guys are questionable characters. Um, and I'm just not, I just don't believe it. Call yourself City Punjabis or call yourself City something else. But bringing the name Sikh, you know, they're, they're just costume Sikhs as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I must confess, they're, they're a group I'm not, I've not had the privilege of meeting, nor do I know much about them. But it sounds like they're not, they, they're not your cup of tea. Nah, definitely not. I think, Joe, you know I, I pulled up, pulled them up about something on Twitter about what well, it, it was on the anniversary of uh, Operation Blue Star. And I said, it's funny how these guys represent us, but not made one mention of remembering 1984. Uh, but apparently um, they're, they're representing Sikhs in the UK because I'm not talking about. Who the, sorry, who, the, who, said who says that they're representing Sikhs in the UK? Well, that's what they self-claim because they're so well within the establishment, the British establishment being invited to number 10 um, on a regular basis. I mean, are there any of them actually going there and talking about uh, Juggy Joel and, and freeing Juggy from, from, from India or what's going on there if they've got that much power? And, and you know, some of them got OBE off their name and I, I can't see where they've done the seva for it, uh, but apparently they have. Um, and you've got people like Ravi Singh from Khazaid who would probably turn down an OBE from, from, from the British establishment because that's not what he's about. So It's an interesting point. I, I don't, as I said, I don't, I'm not too familiar with these city Sikhs. Mm. But, um, Ravi Singh is a guy that has changed the world. And, yeah. and we've spoken about light in a metaphor a few times. He, is, he has brought the light to um, developing parts of this world that are really suffering. Um, you, you can probably see the light that he's brought to the world from space. Mate, unbelievable. I actually bumped into him in Oxford Services a couple of weeks ago on the way to, um, where was I going? I was going to, yeah, Bista with my wife and I saw him and just gave him a wave and stuff. He's from, he lives in Langley. I used to live in Langley in Slough, so I, I know him and we've raised some money for him. Uh, one of my cousins passed away um, from cancer a few, uh, a few years ago now and uh, we raised a good amount of money and we chose Cards Aid for that reason. He, he's an He's just amazing what he's done for us. But the reason he won't get recognised is because he speaks up for being real and he won't get that higher acknowledgement from anyone because they don't like that he speaks his mind, I suppose. You've touched on Ravi Singh from Carter Aid. Hmm. Um, we both actually had had the privilege of going away and doing some aid work with, with Carter Aid okay. over in Greece a few years ago. Yeah. And and it's it's just phenomenal. The, the amount of work that their volunteers... Yeah, it's just phenomenal. They they just while they're away on these um, doing foreign aid, they mm. they literally don't sleep. They're doing like two or three hours of sleep a night, and and it's, yeah. it really is phenomenal what they do. And, and the ethos that he's instilled in people to, to 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 do that sort of to work to those extents that that really is selfless ever, and it was a privilege yeah. to be part of that. Yeah, and and, and I think. Like my, my family did the same. They went to Malawi and they installed water pumps and tanks uh, around around different parts of Malawi with the money that we raised. Was that with Carter Aid? With Carter Aid, yeah. So they had someone out there that they went with. Um, so it was like um, like my cousin, first cousins, and my brother-in-law went across, and um, and it was amazing the sort of operation, the world operation. And but this guy, like people talk about Yemen nowadays, but. He's been there for a long time, and mm. and, and I think the people. Some uh, there's some elements that I see and hear occasionally that try to talk him down, and and I'm just like I'm baffled by it because, or maybe he's taking um, a wage from it or something. But he's devoting his life to this. Of course he should. Like he, you know, he's 
he's not living an extravagant lifestyle. He's just trying to get by and do well for the world. And if, if he is earning something from them, why not? Because overall, he, what he's doing is good and it's clean. It's from the heart. So, you know, power to the guy. I think he's brilliant. I think that you make um, a valid point there, mate. I think anybody um, uh, tries to do something good, they put themselves above the parapet and they lend themselves to the opportunity of being shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. And so um, I've, I've, uh, I've really enjoyed speaking with you, Hoff. Yeah, you too, right? I, I tell you what, we had this chat on our, on our last podcast. I think whether we try to or not, we always subconsciously judge people before we meet them. Right. And, 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 I, and I, you know, I think I'm guilty of that. And, and the fact that I'm so surprised about your views as a DJ is evident <laughs> that I've got those prejudices as much as anybody else has. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah. I'm guilty too. And I've been really pleasantly surprised by how sort of conscious you are. And it's been a real pleasure. I'm glad to hear now. Likewise, it's been brilliant. And mm. something just popped up on my screen. Um, uh, it was a Turkish wedding, a uh, Turkish couple that got married. You may have seen it. It went viral a few years ago. I think it's a beautiful way to just end up on this wonderful, wonderful episode that I really enjoyed speaking with you. It was yeah. about, a, it's, a, um, it's August 2015, going back five years. And there's this Turkish couple that get married in Syria. So a Muslim brother and a Muslim sister. Yeah. As in like, they're, they're not brother and sister, but as in like, we, we call yeah. them. Uh, Some Muslim yeah. brothers got married, yeah? And um, the, the couple, Fatula Ozam Kologu, I probably definitely pronounced it wrong, and Esra Polat, yeah, they get married. And yeah. what they do is, rather than having a party, they get everyone to give them wedding gifts or, or, they, or they collect together all their gifts. And they basically just feed 4,000 people on their wedding day, Bob. Oh, serious? It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it, Bob? And the irony is, all of these Novotels and that, they've all been forgotten. But here's a wedding that we're talking about five years later. Mad, mad. There you, you go. Know, that's how, that's, 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 going out, that's, that's going out of a bang, isn't it, Bob? It is, man. I mean, I went to a wedding once and they said KFC to everyone. So, you know, it's all did, good. They did what, sorry? I said KFC to everyone. Did they really? <laughs> yeah, the caterers didn't turn up. So, uh, next stop was uh, Domino's and KFC. Oh, wow. Right, in plates. They, didn't, they obviously didn't pay the deposit or something like that, right? I don't know what happened or what, what the uh, scenario was. But, yeah, what we know is that there was no... Um, there was no uh, food. I've, was, genuinely well, no food. I've genuinely heard it all, Bob. Mate, you, if I had a bit more time to sit and think, I'd love to like give you another ten minutes. I'd love to drop you a WhatsApp of all the crazy things that I've seen. I, I uh, tell you, I tell you, before before we take your leave, hmm. share your top story. God, man, you've put me on the spot. Your now. top DJ wedding story. So I think I already gave it, but you know, you all saw the Wolverhampton fight, right? So were you were you at that wedding? It was actually I was there about five minutes before it kicked off, and I literally just left um, as it was about to start, purely because I had to be somewhere else. Um, so I missed it by skin of the teeth. But actually, DJ H was the DJ that day. It was, it was our event. So that's probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in the video. What, what what did it kick off? Was there was there an imaginary horse? <laughs> <laughs> They start a lot of trouble at weddings, imaginary horses. That's it. That's it. Um, I, I can't tell you. I think there was there's some sort of incident on the dance floor that really just ignited with the drink and sent people bargain really. And uh, and it was just it was. Uh, I, I believe there was a young lady who was pro- maybe possibly inappropriate touched, and it just kicked off from there. So. No, I, I stand corrected. I think now I've heard it all. <laughs> Well, genuinely, thank you for your time, bro. It's been a real pleasure. I've got a few minutes to be in touch, bro. If you're ever in the East End, bro, 
you've got to come by and be our guest, bro. Be an honor I'll be down, hundred percent. I'll give you guys a shout, so it'd be good to meet up. Yeah, no formalities, bro. You're always welcome in the East End. Lovely, lovely to see you, bro. Please, no, bro. Cheers. Thanks for having me, guys. I bid you well. <laughs>